There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three, season two of the Lead with Empower podcast. We are joined by Mr. Al Carbone. Al is the commissioner of the SEC, which is the Southern Connecticut Conference here in Connecticut, high school sports. Um, Great time to have Al on the podcast because things are starting to roll uh, over uh, the summer, which had probably many more question marks than than answers. And we finally have a little bit of clarity with regards to high school sports. So we're going to hear a little bit about that and much more from Al. So Al, thanks for joining us. How, how are you today? How's the family? Everybody doing well? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Dan. This is exciting. Um, what a great, great project for you. Um, but things are, things are good. It's September 1st, a new month. Um, you know, everyone's healthy and I'm just, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's been a frustrating six months. And so I'm an optimist by trade and I see the light at the end of the tunnel, like practices have started, school's going back and, you know, hopefully our student athletes and our teachers and our coaches are in a good frame of mind to, you know, get back to, I'm not going to say normal, but a new normal and, you know, get back to what, you know, they like doing best, going to school, seeing their friends, doing it safely, and, you know, hopefully playing some sports too. That's right. Yeah, the the, the term normal is is never going to be used, I think, in the same light, uh, you know, moving forward. And, again, on the optimistic side of things, you're starting to see people say now uh, we're only four months away from 2021 and all this sort of stuff. But, really, we have four months to – to make great things happen. So excited to hear that that's the attitude. And again, thank you for being on. I think it's going to be a great episode for everybody. Um, we'll, we'll get right into it. So first off, commissioner of the SEC, how long have you been doing that? Uh, how long has that been your role there, Al? Sure. I've been, this is my 17th year as commissioner. Um, I grew up in Connecticut. Actually, my dad was an athletic director at East Haven High School. So I have an athlete and a coach and I have an athletics background. I went to Trinity um, I played baseball there. I actually played a year of basketball as well and really got interested in sports administration, you know, and Trinity being a division three school, you know, in Hartford, you know, great sports. Um, they had a great athletic director, Rick Hazelton, who I learned a lot from. And so I worked there two years after graduation as a baseball coach and the sports information director. So I got a little more administration, loved, loved working in sports. I went to Boston college and then Boston university to get that division one kind of, feeling. And then I actually, um, when Quinnipiac University was moving to Division One back in, this is now 1997, 98, um, their AD, Jack McDonald, um, was a Boston College guy. And he's like, I need you to be come here and help us, you know, move to Division One. So I went there for about, you know, two and a half years, okay. helped them go move to Division One. And then I kind of said to myself, you know, I got married, you know, thinking about having, raising a family. And I wanted to go back to school and get my MBA. I loved working in college athletics. You know, the pay wasn't great. Um, so I took a job. I went, you know, took a job at, you know, UI, a utility company, totally, you know, opposite side of the spectrum um, doing, you know, marketing communications. I went back to get my MBA at the University of New Haven. And it was, you know, a great career change. I've been actually been at UI for, <laughs> for the last 18, 19 years now. Oh, wow. Um, but I loved sports and wanted to stay in sports. And so Bill O'Brien, who was the first commissioner of the SEC, is a family friend. I was, you know, worked with him at the Walter Camp Foundation, you, you know, known him for a long time. It was, you know, sons. And he says, hey, you would be great at this because the UI was a sponsor of the league. And I said, this is great. And so, you know, a couple of years later, you know, my job at UI was to, you know, work in the community and be involved. And so they were like, yeah, that's fine. You could do this as long as, you know, you're not taking up time at, you know, work, which it really didn't. Yeah. And he says, Hey, I want to step down. And that was 2004. I've been here since, you know, it's had its ups and downs with great people to work with, you know, including your father and your mom, you know, who really the one that kind of straw that stirs the drink at Xavier high school, your mom, not your dad, but you know, <laughs> she was the boss. 
Um, but, but yeah, 17 years, we've done a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, high school sports is, I would say, transformed over those 17 years. Um, very proud of what I've achieved, but it's only been because we have great principals, we have great athletic directors, you know, great coaches who don't complain about their schedules, but, you know, who embrace the role of what high school sports should be. So my leadership, you know, over these 17 years is really indicative of the people I've worked with, but their ability to give me the reins to go and do things that we think are in the best interest of kids and our schools and, you know, the best thing about our SEC is we have 23 different member schools, but we have a diversity of schools. We have inner city, we have suburban, we have the, you know, the Catholic schools, we have, you know, non-parochial schools. So there's the diversity is our strength. And you're seeing that right now in what we're going through because the challenge is to get back to playing, going back to school, but also too is, is to make sure that, you know, and you're seeing this right now is the challenges is like what every community is looking at this pandemic and their response to it, you know, from the, hopefully the student athletes perspective to getting them back on the field to do it safely. Yeah. So, you know, never, never before in my 17 years, have we had a challenge like this, but I, you know, and, and it's frustrating because I just actually sent an email before I got on to our athletic directors for the first time, because one of the things I've learned is, Sometimes too much information causes chaos and disinformation or lack thereof. So I've been very um, particular with my communications because I don't want to confuse people. We want to do things in a solidarity type of way so that people get information once and they know it's coming from the central aspect of the communication cycle. And I don't want to cause hysteria. I know things are going to change. That's a part of leadership that you have to deal with. Um, but I want people to know that, you know, our ship is moving slowly yeah. and, you know, we have a kind of an end in sight, you know, the, the destination is coming. Especially in the, in the day and age now where everything, an email gets sent out, information gets shared and it's on social media, it spreads like wildfire. I think that's an important lesson is, is let's try to, you know, mitigate, you can't really eliminate it, but mitigate the questions and the uncertainty because there, there's enough of that going on now. So just trying to keep it direct and, and, and you mentioned the, you know, the word solidarity is, is, is a great approach, especially now when there's not a lot of that because we're all at home and working in you know, spare bedrooms or basements and, and uh, definitely unique and definitely an interesting challenge. Pri- prior to COVID-19, so prior to you know, uh, 2020, what was, uh, what was a normal kind of day-to-day routine for you in the role of, uh, of the commissioner of the SEC, which – for those of you not familiar with high school sports in Connecticut, I'm a firm believer it's it's got the best sports in the state. You know, from a high school standpoint, I'm, I might ruffle some feathers there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go that route. It's uh, I grew up in it and watch it now as my brother's a coach and great great schools, great competitive athletics, and uh, if it's not the best in the state, it's darn near the top of it in my opinion. What what was uh, normally prior to this? Uh, when normal was normal, what did a, a, a day look like, a week look like in your shoes, Al? Well, you know, pre-COVID, you know, your, your nice, eloquent explanation of, you know, in our bedroom, in my car, because my Wi-Fi doesn't work, and I have three children, you know, making it slow. But, you know, my job, you know, pre was, and we've been able to do this, and I always talk about, like, meeting and, and getting things is that we're organized and we have a scheduling committee. We have our AD meetings, you know, monthly, we have our principal meetings, you know, twice a year, you know, my responsibility is to promote the league. That's, you know, the public relations aspect of it, communicate, help run our, our league tournaments, you know, help make sure our schedules are fair and equitable, you know, deal with the issues. Um, and, and, you know, for, a good amount of years, you know, that's what you spend your time on. You make sure that, you know, problems are solved internally, you know, that, you know, what's our message coming from the league, you know, the one central message, this is why we do things. And, you know, and that's, and I'm a public relations person by trade. So I don't mind, you know, and I'll, I'll use social media to my benefit to promote our league, but also to, you know, raise issues that I think are problems, whether it's the lack of media coverage or coaches who do things, you know, maybe not fairly or, you know, things that I think are not, you know, helpful to student athletes, you know, that's my job. And I have that, I have that podium 
and the mechanism, the following to do that, to raise issues and to, I would say, raise the stature of our league mm -hmm. to go outside of our league to get involved with the, you know, the football alliance and create a hockey league with another league so that our teams get enough games and competitive games. You know, that's the one thing I think about high school is that high school, I always say, I use this terms, high school sports is, was under siege well before the pandemic of COVID. Oh, yeah. In, this, in the sense of that, you know, kids have options and they have more options and the priority of playing for your school is still very important, but it's not the most important. You know, like I know growing up and I'm 47 years old and, okay. you know, I grew up in East Haven and I would go to East Haven high school games or Notre Dame of West Haven games or prep games because my friends played like your dream was to play high school sports. Yep. There was nothing, you know, I was a baseball player and a basketball player and you played, you know, pick up basketball on the off season, you know, maybe a summer league and you played American Legion baseball or Babe Ruth in the summer. There was no travel teams. There was no things trying to get me scholarships, you know, like, yeah, you played Legion because the coaches came to watch you play. And like, that's how I was able to go play in college. Yep. And nowadays and I use those sports and you can use soccer, field hockey. There's so much out competing against high school sports and is high school sports creating that atmosphere of this is where this is the most important thing you should do. And so that's the competition. So like we have to be looking at high school of our experience. Are we providing the best experience playoffs, you know, state tournaments, you know, restrictions on, coaches working in the off season with athletes because they are one certified and qualified to, to work with them. Whereas you pay big money to other things. And I took a lot of heat one time because we try to, you know, we're trying to push a out of season coaching kind of um, program with the CIAC so yep. that coaches can you know work with their student athletes, not 12 months a year, but, particular times and what's the best thing so that they have that communication and expectation of what is to come. Yep. And I'm a, you know, I work in politics, you know, in my real job and it's, everything's about negotiation and compromise and every school's different. Every school system's different, but you know, like I know that that's going to be a compromise to get that done. So um as we, you know, move forward with high school, like promoting this league, we're promoting this as this is important for, you know, the schools, the districts, there's an economic impact of, you know, people coming to schemes, you know, so pre COVID, it was to say, you know, this is great. You're in a, a competitive league, you're playing competitive games, you're going to get better. It's going to hopefully, you know, help you, you know, compete at the state, you know, state level, but, you know, as soon as the season ends, these kids go off to their various, you know, non high school sanctioned sports. And are they getting that same experience? And so like, and I use a term and I say this now pre COVID post COVID <laughs> and during COVID, you know, a lot of, you know, and those who've been following it, like the educational based athletics term is something that's thrown out. High school sports is a continuation of the classroom. Yep. Okay. And everyone in education agrees but my, my concern is that have we are, is that now a relevant term for people in, you know, as parents and I'm a parent because you can get your athletics fulfill, you know, fulfilled non-educationally. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that now of distance learning and, you know, uh, you know, the choices. So we're in a precarious spot right now, not only, to, you know, whether we can safely deal with this and, and that's the, you know, the political and, you know, the dealing with this pandemic and the virus, but our people are going to say is, why should I wait? Why should I wait for, um, what, you know, why should I wait for high schools and the CIAC to come back to full sports when I can go play outside yeah. and still get my education and still go to college and do all the stuff and get recruited if I'm that good. So, that's, that's one of my big concerns as we get into this now is like, what is the future of high school sports going to look like? Because a kid, you know, and, and, and I think right now, and you and I would totally agree with this, and every kid, student athlete, and parent in the state of Connecticut, if field hockey plays one game, you know, or six games or 12 games, no one's going to complain. They got the chance to play. You know, yeah. 
because the, the alternative is canceling the season. However, is if that happens again, or if we get to the spring season of 2021 and we have to cancel that spring season again, that's going to hurt our schools, especially our private schools, yeah. because as you're, you know, from an athletics, you know, enrollment standpoint, but it's also going to hurt our city schools, our urban schools. So there's a, so we're in a very precarious spot of saying what's next and what's mm-hmm. going to come and how do we react to that? What do we change? And so there's a lot of things that I think, you know, ideas wise that we need to um, keep in mind as we move forward. And that's a leadership thing. And, that, and I think this is like, you know, so appropriate. We're talking about leadership is that, you know, the people in charge need to have these ideas and work with the people and say, here's what our alternatives are. Here's the, here's the directions that we can go. But this is the challenge that we're facing right now. It's not right now. Like, I, as I say to my kids, I have a senior who runs cross country and I have a sophomore who plays field hockey for, you know, Trumbull High outside the SEC. But I say to them, do your best today. Control what you can control today. Because you might not have it tomorrow, but do your best today and, you know, be satisfied. And it's a simple message. It's a hokey message. But, um, but, but I think going forward, the decision makers, the adults, the people, the coaches, all these people have to be looking about what's going to happen six, 12 months from now. When, because what are we going to look like? What's yep. it going to look like? And that's, it's funny, work, working with a lot of high school athletes or high school student athletes, um, you know, every once in a while I hear a kid say, yeah, I play, I play soccer. Oh, great. How's the team at X school going to be this year? Well, I don't play for the school. I'm, I play on this travel team or that travel team. And I, I, you know, one of the things that I look back on from my high school experience in football and baseball was that idea of, I don't know, it was a journey. Right. You had your group of guys that started, you know, I'm a Xavier guy. It was all guys in the building group of guys that started on the football team as freshmen. And, you know, over the course of four years, you see what happens and the guys stick together and, you know, anything you accomplished was because of the work that you put in and that camaraderie and kind of those, those skills that you learn through sport that have nothing to do with the sport or, you know, what keep you together. And sometimes there's separators between good and great or great and exceptional. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. There's a, if you're going, if you're getting into sport just to, you know, showcase that you're an individually skilled athlete, is that, are you reaping the full benefits of what it means to participate in team sport? It's an interesting dynamic for sure. Sure. And, and that's a great point that you're talking about, like the high school experience and the, you know, the camaraderie and all that stuff. And, and like, and, and, and you and I know this, you remember everything you've done in your life, you know, and as it's like, the, I always say married with children, Al Bundy, you know, four, <laughs> four touchdowns versus Polk high. And, you know, 25 years later, it was five touchdowns. And so, and, and so there's the fun part, but not every, everyone, you know, not everyone, you know, reaps the benefit. But, but I would say this, like, this, this isn't, should be an enjoyable experience. It should not be a painful one. But it is competitive athletics. And what we've, we've ramped up competitive athletics at such a young age now. I'm a travel player. I'm a, you know, Olympic development player. I'm this. I'm playing, you know, running, you know, this. Or it's, it's so heightened right now. It fears me. And I, as I say, I have two daughters playing high school sports. But I also have a son who's going into eighth grade. And, like, it's so, I'm so worried about what's next because, you know, strength, size, you know, ability, playing this, playing that, you know, spending the money. And so I think what we're doing is we're taking the fun out of the kids experience, but I'm saying this, but it's okay fun to try to be competitive. And like one of the questions you had you know, raised to me, was like, you know, how do you do to help student athletes, you know, like develop leadership skills? And yeah. so, you know, and I thought about that and I said, you know, we have captain's council, you know, not every kid could be a captain, but like, here's the leadership skills that all student athletes can take right now. One, be healthy and live, you know, wear a mask, follow the rules, and then you will get to be part of the solution of playing yeah. wherever you are. And you could tell that story and, and, and recognize it. But I also think is that you also have the ability now for student athletes to say to the people is, okay, you have to make good decisions, you know, you know, whatever, you know, like there's a lot of evil things out there that, you know, teenagers can be, you know, get to. And, and, you know, as a parent, I worry about that and it's about good decision-making, but the decisions of just, you know, wearing a mask and social distancing and not, you know, is, is, is going to be the most, 
the number one indicator of whether you get to play sports. Yep. And so now, no more than ever, you know, you know, leadership is, is what you're going to make of it, you know? And like, so like I say to my daughter, who's a senior, you know, like, yeah, you're not going to see half your friends because your cohort is, you know, Ada alphabetical and you're going two days, but your leadership is still going to be when you see them for the one hour at cross country practice and that you're telling the story to your colleges and, you know, people that like, this is what, how I'm dealing with it. And it's not affecting the way my perspective. And I think kids are now getting this perspective if, is that it could be taken away from you. And, and, but as, as leaders, as adult leaders, we need to start creating creative options so it can be done, yep. not that it can't be done. And so the, so the learning thing is, is that like as student athletes, you know, they're coming to school saying, this is my chance to make a difference by just coming through a school day and following the rules and, and coming up with creative ideas to, to say, this is how we can safely do it because we want to do it. That's it's right. exciting. It's exciting now. It's, it's a little bit scary, but it should be. You know, and that's good for people and good for kids. That's the, the sense of adventure right there. And it's interesting that you say that. I, I was, uh, our first episode of the season was, is with a college professor, a good buddy of mine up at Springfield College. And he, he was delivering a speech, I think, to all the first-year students as part of their start-of-year festivities. And he, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to make people happy, but I'm going to present it to our students as a challenge. You could be the person who is a vector towards, you know, this thing spreading and campus being shut down, or you could be the student that is the vector towards leadership and making the right decisions and allowing us to stay on campus as long as we possibly can safely. And, you know, I think if you present it that way and there's the relationships there, you're going to see more young people step to the plate, ready to do what's right than ever before because this is this is a live drill this isn't some sort of scenario out of a book you have these three options which one are you going to choose this is you know hey i saw what happened to my friends in the spring i don't want that to happen to us this fall let's let's get together and be on board and make hey make good decisions right and do it when nobody's look that's leadership right there and they're going to get a a field experience unlike any other you know starting now really and that's it and that, and the excellent point about like you know, the decision-making. And so we've seen, you know, with COVID and how we have to react is now we're seeing, you know, like pictures, like Wilton High School, you know, a group of student athletes, females took 40 of them, took a picture, no, no masks on. And, and it, and it, you know, and the reaction from the superintendent was, well, I'll just cancel sports. You know, like, you know, it's like, it, it could be taken away from you. And like, you know, for years and years, we always just say this, you never, you know, you can get hurt and it could be your last game and you have these, you know, the motivations play like your That's last right. game. Like, like right now, like I, I say this to my wife all the time. I just want to get to that first game. I just yeah. want to get to that first game where the kids can compete. And then, but like until then, there's a, that's going to be a long 25 days, you know, and where you're, you know, getting to that point. And, you know, and unfortunately for the, the student athletes is that is political now. So now, you know, part of this leadership is dealing with the politics with, CIAC, the Department of Public Health, the governor's office, you know, the superintendents, you know, districts. So now you're dealing with the politics, parent groups, boards of education, all these, you know, stakeholders who have a say in how things are determined. And so, you know, students, and say to student athletes, you know, take, take stock of all these stakeholders and what they're saying and why they're saying it, because it may change your perspective, one, but it also may say to you is like, I want to be a leader and I want to say is we're going to do this right, you know, put yeah. the onus on us. And so, you know, I've already talked to a lot of, you know, schools and, you know, student athletes and, and these kids are taking it serious. And I think they want to be treated like adults yeah. and they want to, they want that responsibility to do it right. And, you know, follow the rules because they, you know, this is something that's near and dear to them. And, but I, but I do think, and I, and I said this before is, you know, you know, not the challenge of getting to the fall, but then you get to the winter. And then you change the whole dynamics of going inside and what's going on that. And then you get to, you know, and then hopefully by the spring, you know, you're outdoors again, with majority of the sports, whether you could do that. And, yep. you know, but as a leader, you know, one of my big, biggest responsibilities and why it's so full circle of the talking of the responsibilities is to create options is to, is to get ideas. Like I always say, ideas are free. Mm -hmm. And because 
when I first became commissioner, I was an, I'm an outsider. I'm not a former, you know, I am a former athletics administrator at the college level, but I'm not at the high school level. And this state is very, and I'm going to use a politically correct term is, you know, not good old boy network, but it's, you know, like the same people, you know, they, and, and, you know, ideas weren't really respected, you know, and, and so my, my role in 17 years was to earn trust and earn respect. And I did it kind of in a different fashion. I went at people and I criticized people and I try to, you know, incite things. And, and I've learned that, you know, you have to work with people and you have to build consensus and you have to get, you know, you know, friends and enemies and explain it, you know, because they read it in the newspaper and made a, you know, me who I really am. But I have a perspective as, you know, commissioner, a former student athlete, now a parent, you know, and then administrator and some, as a business person, yeah. you know, understanding the politics. And so it's, you know, you, you have to evolve, but ideas are free. Like, did we ever think about doing this? And if people who are resistant to change have I found over 17 years, you know, understanding why they are resistant to change. And yes, yeah, sometimes you got to push it forward and you, you know, you, you gain your, you know, your consensus and your little coalitions and do all the stuff, but you have to respect everyone's opinion. And, and that's why, you know, the diversity of thought is, is a big thing because in, for student athletes to weave it right back to them is like, now you're seeing the diversity of thought. You're seeing the perspectives of we can't do this. Well, can't's not a word in my dictionary. Yeah. And why can't you do it? And so like asking that question, so student athletes have a very great opportunity to go at, the Department of Public Health and their school boards of education and say, you know, give us a chance to do this right. Yeah. You know, and that's the opportunity now is that, you know, yeah, you know, question everybody. And I, and that would be my message to say is, you know, make good decisions, but don't be afraid to question stuff why we're doing this this way. Because you know what? There's no, there's no guidebook that was written for this. Oh, absolutely. No playbook whatsoever for this. And, yeah. it, and it, I love what you said earlier on too. It let's, you know, sit, it's a super complex situation. Let's simplify. What am I doing in this given moment on this given day to allow us to do it again tomorrow? Right. And if, if you, if you can get the athletes to start to think about that, you know, it's not about completing a season. It's right now. Let's make a great right. decision right now that allows us to do it in the next 30 minutes, the next day, the next week. And then before you know it, you get through play, you know, you get through a season and you're like, Oh, we did it because it was these little steps that we took each day. Absolutely. And that's a great way to explain it. And that's what leadership's about. And you're putting the leadership into the student athletes hands who need it, Yep. you know, yep. who need it and they, and they can embrace it and they could sell it. They always say like, as a marketer, a PR person, I always say is if you're not telling your story, someone else is, and they're probably doing it wrong. That's yep. one of the, the most important statements that I believe in. I, I've you know taught classes at the college level in marketing PR, and I say that about promoting yourself. And so you know I, I say that to our you know to my daughters is saying you're telling your story right now. Don't allow someone else to tell that story. Well, you know, hey, you know, we can't do this because you know this is what's going to happen. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. You know, instead, you telling the story is look, we've had four days of practice and six weeks of conditioning, and we followed the rules. And, and you have to be able to fight for yourself and tell that story because then people will say is like, well, are we making the right decision to, you know, to knock this down just because one person screwed up. Don't, don't allow us to be scapegoats for that one person. That's right. That's right. Now take, take it back, obviously in March and I forget the exact date, you probably know it, but we, we don't have to get that specific, but uh, in, in the high school sports landscape in Connecticut, the call was made to stop uh, winter sports. Some, some, uh, uh, sports were able to get through like league championships, but you know, mo most of the sports had their winter season cut short. And then, you know, obviously the decision was made at some point, it was late, late in the game to cancel spring sports as well. Talk us through a little bit of the decision-making processes from your perspective um, with the cancellation of winter sports and eventually spring sports. Well, it was March 10th, you know, the, the canceling of the winter sports was a no doubter, you yeah. know, like, and that was a political thing. It, it came as a, like a tidal wave. Um, I am a little disappointed that we were not able to give some kind of spring experience because I thought that, and based on the conversations that I was having weekly with the CIAC was that, you know, 
even if you finish school, and I know this like from Xavier's perspective and, you know, our Catholic schools, you, you end school the, you know, the you know, middle end of May and you still be able to play sports. Yeah. So I was, the only thing I'm very disappointed about the spring was that we did not give them one week spring practice, spring or a spring experience, whether they played a scrimmage and had a senior night because, and you could have done it under social and that re, I regret as a league that I did not offer. And I had this idea, had it all planned out was to do like a senior day for all the seniors, like a baseball, softball, lacrosse, where you, cause, because all the youth sports started up on June 20th. They were playing. So, yeah. Right. They were playing. So I was disappointed because I could have hosted in a game and there would have been restrictions just following the restrictions that were, you know, Im- implemented to do that. So that's my only regret that I didn't offer that up to the spring sports because I was under an impression that even though school was ended, that, you know, teams could have done something. And many of them did it. They did it on their own, but like officially, and that's the fear factor. And that's the, but we could have, as SEC had a non-sanctioned game with seniors to play a baseball game or softball game or lacrosse game or however, you know, structured because other ones were doing it. So I, I was, I, I was regretful for that. Um, and I was regretful for the fact that, like, when on May 5th, when, you know, the governor canceled school and said it's going to be distance learning, that people didn't get together and say, like, do we truly want to do this? And I was disappointed that there are people that, you know, didn't, like, were so afraid, well, our school's not open. Well, you can go somewhere else. But, like, as I found out, schools were open, you know, once for youth sports. And so um, that that was a disappointing thing. And and I would hope that going forward that we make plans. And I, even for the fall, like if it does, it's not a fall, I am going to, as a league, propose some opportunities for our kids to do something safely, yeah. you know, and, you know if, 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 if it does get shut down. Because, you know, you have to offer something up. Like, and, that's, and that goes into the question of like, and I've asked this question, you know, 15, year, 15 years ago, Al Carbone would be like, you know, Screw the CIAC. Why do we need them? But I'm asking that question now is to our schools. Why do we need the CIAC? If they're not going to offer postseason tournaments or offer stuff and leave it to the leagues, why do we need it? Yeah. And, I'm, and I say that from because I'm going to have schools in our league that don't play fall sports because of variety of reasons. And so do I move the train forward and schedule? Of course, I have to. But we have to, you know, say is like, what are those options and opportunities that we can provide, you know, in light of things? Um, yep, so it's not a total loss for the athletes and the right. coaches and their parents. And we have to start yep. doing that now. We can't do it last minute. But you have to say is like, if this happens, if A, B, and C happen and we get to D, you know, where we have to, sh- you know, shut it down or restart, like, you know, what can we offer? And, you know, it, it, like to me, sometimes that's what's been great about watching the colleges the co-college sports thing is the people who are playing are reacting to it. It's like major league baseball. And I'll use major league baseball as an example. Major league baseball has done a phenomenal job because as soon as they had those first COVID tests, I forgot it was the Marlins. The Marlins was like shut down and like, but they didn't. The Marlins just didn't play. We moved on without them and they got better. They came back. Same thing with the Mets and the Yankees. And, you know, last week played a five game series. Right. And they played double headers, you know, like there's no fans. There's no, like, like they've made that decision and they've moved forward. And it's like, we've done, done the best with our situation. And I've thought that they're phenomenal. Same thing with the NBA and the NHL in a bubble. You know, the only way they've, the only reason where they've stopped is because of the social justice you know, response, which is appropriate, Absolutely. but even that, you know, it, they've come back and they've played, but they're doing it. And so the point is always, yes, no spectators, I think means a little bit differently at the high school level, but, you know, but these organizations who are moving forward are doing it creatively because they want to play and that's the product. And so I think high school has got to take some examples from that. And, and, and I think the biggest issue kind of to see what I'm going to deal with is whether schools allow spectators. Mm-hmm. And it's not one thing where you're playing inside and you can lock the doors. You know, I know my daughter plays field hockey. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to that game. I'll stand outside the fence 
and watch it, you know, or I can use my you know athletic director pass and, you know, go in there, but I'll wear a mask and I'll take pictures. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But, but like the point is, though, is like we have to be, the CIC says no spectators, but are they giving the resources to these schools in order not to do it? Yeah. Or what do you, like when you have a senior night, you're going to allow your parents to come? Like what are, I think we have to be very, even more um, planning wise and strategic with that, with the spectators at the high school level, because how can you tell a, a parent to, to drive their freshman or sophomore to a game and then tell them they can't watch yeah. or just tell them you just can't be in the facility. You could watch from this, this standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, like, so there's, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming up over the next several weeks that is going to test leadership yeah. and it's going to test your, your ability to think outside the box and, and, and to say is like, here's what we have to do. Please bear with us. And I call this 2021 academic year a scrimmage. Yeah. And I call it a scrimmage not because things don't count. It's because what we're doing is a test case for the future. And that, you know, we may have to stay like this for the rest of our lives. We don't know that. So, it's, so what we're doing and the ideas that we're doing, we're not throwing everything is going to stick to the wall. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let it play out. And I think – you know, you touched on the, the professional leagues. What, I, what I've what i enjoyed about it, at one, as a fan, you get to see stuff on TV, which was missing for, you know, you could only watch so many reruns of the, you know, the 96 Yankees, you know. That, right. that were, but or if the, you're a Mets fan, the Mets, you know, won in, in uh, 1986. That was like the joke with the Mets. Fans, they, so. they had their one they day every of game. like, <laughs> but, you know, what they've done a great job of is, is avoiding the knee-jerk kind of overreaction you know, and they, they've just, I think, reacted appropriately. Yeah. Oh, team te- has positive tests. Let's quarantine them. Let's retest them a bunch of times. Let's keep them from playing for three days, four days, five days. And then we can make the adjustment, which you're seeing with seven inning doubleheaders and, and right. you know, five game sets over a weekend, et cetera, et cetera. So I, you know, I think there's a great lesson there for, you know, in the Connecticut high school sports landscape, but also for the athletes, for the parents, et cetera, is, Hey, it doesn't have to be a knee jerk final, you know, overreaction or reaction. It could be, let's keep an open mind. Let's think of some creative solutions. And like you said, there's not going to be a dumb idea at this point, you know, at, at this point, let's, let's hear ideas and, you know, play with them and see which one might stick. You made a good point about like the ideas. So Massachusetts came up with some creative ways to get to play using field hockey. Instead of playing 11 on 11, they're playing seven on seven. Yep. Does that, does that diminish the field hockey experience? No, it actually spreads everyone out. It's, you know, maybe more scoring. You can get more kids in because you have to make more subs because of, you know, the kids are running more, but like that, that's what we're talking about. You're not going back to the normal, let's be honest, not going back to a normal 10 game football season in a 12 week period. Yep. That's not happening. Yeah. So you do the best with what you can. And then if you can come up with little things, Hey, let's change the way we do, you know, some, you know, substitution. So let's change the way, you know, offense doesn't come off the field. You, you know, it, it's like overtime, you know, you start yep. from the 25, let's be creative because in the, in the grand thing was you just want them out in the field and getting that experience, you know, yes, for swimming, you might have to have virtual meets for a couple weeks yep. where you stay in your pool and you swim, but you're competing against it's a time-based thing. So you're competing against time anyway. So if that's a way to getting competition, do it. Yep. And like, and, and I, I, my only disappointment is I think we could have started earlier with some of these sports like cross country and swimming because they are, there's, it's not football and even soccer and like field hockey, you could have started these earlier and, you know, and take advantage of the, you know, the positive, you know, trend of the results and stuff like that. So like sometimes leadership is like taking a chance and saying, let's do this and get the data to see. And it substantiates what we're trying to achieve. Yep, and exactly. if you're wrong, then guess what? We're going to learn from that too. As you use the example of major league baseball, quarantine the people and then take a couple of weeks off and then come back, yep. you know, and like earn that trust, earn that discussion. I think what you've seen, the last six months is a lot of, you know, obviously politics and confusion of like whether we can or cannot do. And, you know, I always say is like, you know, you know, Fido, you know, forget it and drive on. We got to keep <laughs> driving on to what's going to be next. And it's going to change the way we, you know, play sports. Maybe it's change the way we coach sports. Yeah. Change the way we teach sports, but all we get together. And if we're not all on the same page of like saying, 
this is a scrimmage. Let's take all the information that we can get and move on. That's what leadership is about. And if yep. we're not willing to do it, then we're never going to be able we're to do leading. it. We're not leading. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, you've touched on it a bunch um, over the past couple minutes. So the CIAC and the Department of Health have been, it's been a little bit of a back and forth and we're getting kind of statements being issued. And we had <laughs> August 13th, August 23rd, the most recent one, at least that I've seen, August 26th you know, obviously there's a back and forth and it's, you know, I, I, it can be, I think, I don't know from, from the outside, my, my point of view, it can be a little, a little bit confusing as the, uh, you know, the, the multiple iterations of this statement when not a ton has changed really over the past, you know, from the 13th to the 26th of August, what, from your vantage point, how, how have you seen that play out? What have been some of the, examples of leadership that have been in a positive light would have been some examples where you feel like maybe we missed the mark um, with the back and forth that's gone on really the past month in, in August between the CIAC and the DPH. Um, and I'm going to try to be as politically correct because it's Absolutely. about politics yep. and respectful. I think the CIAC has done a very nice job of preparing for the fall in the sense of the reopening committee coming back safe using the data. Unfortunately, we live in a political, political state and um, GPH, which had its own problems in leadership, you know, with their commissioner getting fired and then, you know, nursing homes with people dying, serious stuff. I don't think high school sports is their kind of, let's just say their major, their subject, um, you know, (laughs) knowledge area, core, (laughs) core knowledge area. So I think maybe there's been a little bit of miscommunication in terms of, getting on the same page politically and making sure. As you've seen in other states, the governor has been a very active role in communicating what's going to go on in, in high school sports with their you know, state association. Yep. With Sands, maybe Pennsylvania, where the governor said one thing and then the, their associations did a different thing. I think if you're just looking back and saying that, maybe there should have been a little bit better coordination with the governor's office, you know, who obviously directs DPH, in terms of their differences of opinion, you know, you can go back writing letters and, you know, saying he said, she said, and all this stuff, but in the end, you got to compromise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that either is right, but, you know, I think at some point what you're doing is now everyone's hanging on the balance to this of what's going to happen. So, you know, I would say is, you know, like it's, you know, Monday morning quarterback is, you know, understand. And I would say this from a strategic point, you know, strategic management, sports management, but just strategic management and decision-making is know who your stakeholders stakeholders are, know which of the core stakeholders have an impact and make sure that they're all on the same page. They're not going to necessarily agree with you no. and you can agree to disagree, but you know, how is it going to affect? And so like when you're releasing a plan and then the, you know, the governor has a press conference with a subject matter expert and says football shouldn't be played, that should open, you know, raise a red flag to say is, uh uh-oh, we may have a problem here. So, you know, that's politics. And, you know, and you've now seeing it at the high school level and the balance and who's, who are the victims here? The the victims are the student athletes and the coaches who are waiting to get that, you know, clear clarification. Um, It's tough. Look, looking at it from a student athlete's perspective too, like all summer, if you drive by any baseball, softball park, there's organized games going on. Any, uh, I mean, I drove by a, a local park here in town in Middletown. There was like, that, you know, basketball being played and it looked like, so, you know, some semblance of an organized like tournament, rec tournament or whatever. So you look at it from like a 17, 18 year old's perspective, like this has been going on. There hasn't been major changes. Why the heck can't we play this fall? And, it, it, you know, they're not, I don't know. It, they're young. They're trying to figure this out. And it's just, a, it, I don't know. It's an unfair question for them to have to bat around in their head, I guess. Yeah, and that's where the leadership comes in of knowledge of, of like what who are the players, who are the stakeholders. And it's hard for, you know, 14 to 16-year-olds or even little leaguers. I was at a little league game, you know, all-star game last night watching. And there were 500 people there. Were they yeah. all social distancing to an extent? The players were in the – you know, you know, I was wearing a mask. I had a yeah. mask on. I was six feet from the next person. So, you know, but it's it, – again, it's everyone has to buy in and, and heed the warnings and – 
and, and you know, again, and you hope that people are listening and, and respectful of it. And that's yeah. what it comes down to is like, yes, it's about politics. It's about, you know, health and safety. They can throw all these big words, but in the end, it's about, you know, your ability to heed the advice, make sound decisions. And that's what it, and that's, that's the lesson. Yep. That's the lesson. And for, and for a leader of, of my net, you know, nature, you know, nature right now of, of like position is I'm waiting on decisions so we can move forward with stuff. But, um, you know, that's, that's the goal. And Focus on the little it. things you can control. Yeah. yeah that's what you've touched on this earlier. Like we're, we're in it for the young, the student athletes for, for you personally, why is the return to high school sports so important? It's something I alluded to before because kids have choices. And I think right now, you know, every kid will say, what's important now? It's the Lou Holtz acronym. You know, yeah. what's important, important now? When they're in high school sports and around their friends, that's important to them. But when, as soon as that experience ends, they go off to the next most important thing. And if you don't, re and, and we're all, I would say, in a, we're in a cutthroat civilization in a society um, and we're going to do what's best for us, you know, first it's, you know, the me first situation. And that's, and that's a bad thing. But if, if I don't have this option, I go to option B, what's, what's the next best alternative. And I think is, as, as high school becomes, you know, less and less of a, now I'm saying is like a experience. I'll go to the next experience that's offering me more. Yeah. And you know, and, and that's the reality of it. And, and I, I know people will, will disagree with me and say that's not the case. But when you take away a spring season and you can go play, you know, we'll use baseball, you don't have a high school baseball season, you know, you're 20 games or 20 plus games, but then I can go play 60 games with somebody else and get college looks and a great experience. And I'm raking the both of them and say like, maybe I'll do something else. Yeah. And that, I think that's the biggest, the biggest challenge that we're facing is that, you know, if, you, if there's no experience and someone's just going to go to the next experience and make that their most important experience. Yeah. And they're going to, again, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer in like that idea of when you, when you play would represent your high school, there's that element of community. There's that element of, you know, the delayed gratification, starting something as a 14 year old and sticking it out and seeing where it takes you as an 18 year old. There's, you know, the relationships and the bonds that are formed over a longer period of time versus a, a one-off season on some travel team. Um, you know, if, if you're starting to lose athletes that play at your high school, I think they're, they're going to miss out on some valuable learning opportunities that will it make them a better high school athlete now? Maybe not. Is it going to make them a, a better employee down the road or a better college student? Absolutely. Um, versus, hey, I'm going to play for this team this summer. I'm not really going to care about the team side of it. I'm going to showcase my skills, and hopefully I get the look. That me-I situation versus the we-and-us situation doesn't necessarily play out well down the road. You know, again, that delayed gratification for the adult leaders. Great point. And, I, and I just, I'll just add very quickly is, and you know this because you're a Xavier guy, <laughs> who's one of the greatest athletes to come out of Xavier? Jeff Bagwell. Yep. Right. Jeff Bagwell was a great soccer player in addition to being a hall of fame baseball player. And if you ask Jeff Bagwell, I remember reading an article when he got into the hall of fame and the Xavier folks were prominent. And he said his greatest, his most fun experience was playing soccer, yep. <laughs> you know, playing soccer and not, you know, you love baseball, but you know, like in, not in addition, but like that was the, you know, where else can you play two sports? And as you said, all those challenges of, you know, like, you know, doing a community in, in playing this, but, you know, and, but if you take away spectators and you take away playing and stuff like that, because it becomes an individual sports. And then they say, well, what's going to get me to that next thing, yep. the next, you know, level, what's going to get me to my next destination. So that's the challenge that we're facing, but, but all for all the positive things of playing high school sports, we're more than ever, we have to be making sure that those are reminded to people. And that when, yeah. you know, a lot and, you know, that community, all those important things have to be constantly reminded in the light of these challenges and use it from, use the challenges of like, you know, these six games 
or 12 games or one game are still the most important games that you will have. And, you know, it's, you know, beauty is not in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. So you have to, but you have to keep on re- reinforcing, telling those stories of those. It's yeah. more important that you, you know, and it's one thing to say, Hey, I tried, but politics got there. No, no, find a different way, find yeah. a different experience so that they can have an experience. And that's the challenge of leadership at this state level and the local level and the league level is that if, if we're going to take away one thing because we can't do it, well, then we need to find something else for them. And that's my big, big challenge and my big message and my big hope is that, you know, that we don't accept no for an answer and that we can find something that the kids can enjoy that experience because the alternative is, is that they're just going to find something else yep. and you're going to lose that next crop of kids. That's right. And it's a great, I mean, it's a great leadership trait to showcase to the young ones that are looking to the adult leadership for how it's supposed to be done is, Hey, you, you can either turn around and run away from it, which you, you limit what you can, you can do, or you can find the way through over under around uh, and it might not be as exactly how you want it to play out, but it's, it's a solution, not a, not an excuse. And I, you know, again, using sport to teach life skills that'll help down the road. This is a great opportunity there for the adult leaders to, to model and show, Hey, it can be done. It can be done. We don't have to run away from it just because. Um, totally agree. What, what's your, and I think, I think in the moment, right. What's your favorite part of, your role as the commissioner of the SEC. What's, what's the part that's most enjoyable to you, Al? Two things. I love <laughs> pissing people off. And, and I think it's because it's a leadership die. I, part of my thing I love is pissing people off is that you, you know, you're going to disagree with people and that you have to be willing to challenge the status quo. Yep. So that, you know, and that's one of the things I've been proud of over 17 years is challenging the status quo. But on the flip side is that, you know, you piss off enough people, then they can remove you from your spot. <laughs> but you have to have the passion and the vision for it. And that's, that's the thing. I, I think people will – I always say to people, I'm very cognizant of what people say about it, and I don't care. You know, like I move forward, but I have passion for this league. I have passion for doing this, being the commissioner, and not from a power trip. And I've been once told, it's like, it's not your league, it's our league, and like that. I said, but, yeah – but I take passion in it that when someone says something bad, I'm going to respond and I'm going yep. to protect it. So I like to protect. It. I like the challenge when people disagree because you need to find a solution. So like, yeah, I like, you know, pissing people off is a part of being a leader and taking the abuse and finding solutions. And you're never going to satisfy everybody. I enjoy that. Like that's yep. conflict. You know, it, every day should be a challenge of conflict and that's just what life is about. And that's the thing. But I, but, but I really enjoy, like, I love the fact that, you know, kids don't know who you are. Like, you know, student athletes, they're worried about themselves, you know? And so I, I do enjoy the fact that I can interact with kids, especially the kids, you know, who get, you know, a scholar athlete award or they get a scholar leader or the best kids and, and just interacting them, watching them and, you know, watching them as they go into college and become adults and they, if they remember you and, or they remember the experience of the league, that's, you know, that's what we're trying to build a brand. And I said that 17 years ago, my job, you know, the SEC's brand is strong and that's not because of me. It's because of my work and passion and, and embracing it, that it's important. It's important to have our people wear our logo because that's what we're, you know, and so, you know, having a passion and for the brand of the SEC and, and what we're trying to do is important to me. And that's what I, you know, and, and so people know when, you know, and, and it frustrates when we would say, oh, I don't know what our league is, like, you know, well then let's educate you and we'll yeah. go at you and, and help you. So, so there's always a challenge every day of like, you know, keep spreading the message and what we're trying to do. And it's never going to be, you know, perfect, but it's going to be good, you know, cause we're going to keep trying at it. And, um, and, and helping people along the way to say, this is our, you know, you know, people say we're in a kid business. Yeah, but we're in a kid business, but guess what? Adults keep screwing it up sometimes. So we have to keep, <laughs> we have to keep, you know, pushing and making sure that our, our kids get an opportunity, um, you know, to use this. And so that's what I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud of what we've, you know, achieved and that we're not afraid to, you know, make bold decisions and that we're not afraid to have the, you know, the tough conversation yeah. and um, you know, yeah. And, you know, pissing people off along the way 
is a leadership trait and I, you know, do, do that pretty well sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you mentioned it's a kid's business. It's a, it's a youth development business, right? And, and, and that's, if the decisions are being made to help the youth, the, the student athletes develop, then if you have to roll over a couple people on the way to make that decision, then I, I, I guess that's the residual effect of it. But, uh, you know, I, I was on the, the SEC website this morning, you know, to do some last minute prep for our, our interview and kind of the, the, the last bit here I'd like to like for you to touch on, because I think it's important on the website, there's the, the off the field initiatives that the SEC offers uh, ranging from arts exposition, captain's council, leadership conference. You touched on the student athlete dinners and the student athlete of the month um, and, and the diversity program. Um, obviously, beyond COVID, we, the, our country has witnessed and our country's been, you know, uh, uh, in a very troubling time as far as racial equity and, um, you know, some of the things that, that have been out there have been, you know, you know, tragic. And what are, I guess, for the 2020-2021 athletic year, what are your hopes, goals, et cetera, for the, the diversity program at the SEC and how it can help you know, athletes who are coming from diverse parts of Connecticut, you know, come together and, and unify in a time when that's not happening on a national level. Great. That's a great question. And it's, it's, it's actually appropriate because we've had conversations with the New Haven um, public schools, yep. you know, athletic director, and they've, you know, we've committed to some initiatives this year to help them spread the message you know, of social justice, but how it relates to high school athlete athletics and high schools, you know, even just education and, and diversity and just communication. Yeah. Um, so there's some things that we're going to be talking about, you know, and, you know, hopefully get together and utilize some of our things that we do if we ever can get together, um, you know, whether it's the captain's council, it's this and that, you know, but it's important and we have to keep spreading that message and having the conversation and, um, and allow, you know, New Haven is, you know, probably predominantly minority based and they have to have their ability to communicate some of their messages and concerns. And we've already committed to them to do that. And they're, I'm looking forward to it because, and it may be small at starting, but, um, you know, just the fact of how we deal with, you know, you know, more minority officials or, yep. you know, you know, making sure that, you know, leadership positions that, you know, kids or kids have the opportunity to speak up as captains. So there's a lot of good things that we could do. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue to do that and have discussions with our principals and our athletic directors and say, hey, we need to do this, you know, because it's the right, it's the right time, but it's also the appropriate time to do it because it, need, it needs to be done. And this is what this league was founded on you know, 27 years ago, 26, you know, 27 years ago, it's the 27th year of the league. Well, we found this on diversity yep. and that's why we have these programs. So it's, it's a good time to recircle and say, you know, Hey, this is what we, we have found it. This is our, our, our strategic focus is all about diversity. Yep. So let's just go back to the core aspect. of it. Great. Well, looking forward to hearing about how that all plays out. Last question. I know, I know you're busy and I appreciate we have, again, Al Carbone, who's the commissioner of the SEC, the Southern Connecticut Conference of Athletics here in Connecticut. A, a, a one-liner message for uh, uh, a student athlete or a coach who's getting ready to embark on the fall season here, Al. Uh, just keep, keep believing, keep being positive. The light is at the – we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they have every ability – to finish the job and get the opportunity. And this is the great part. Right now, it's up to the students to do the right thing, be healthy, be safe, coaches, follow the, follow the, you know, the, the cohorts, the guidelines, and we'll be playing. And yeah. like, and, and now more than ever, like that, that's the great, that's the great thing now is that we're right there. You know, yeah. it's, it's been a long six months. The light at the end of the tunnel is there and we're just keep following it and doing things. And, and take advantage of each day, you know, Love take it. advantage of each day. Love it. Keep on chipping away at it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was Al Carbone. He leads with empower. Al, thank you so much for uh, joining us for the podcast today. Hey, sending my best to you and your family, health and uh, health and happiness. And uh, thank you for joining us. Listeners do the little thing right today. It'll pay off tomorrow. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. That wraps up episode three.
Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.